Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting when when the dealing's done. Nice. R.I.P. Kenny Rogers. R.I.P. Kenny Rogers. What a great the gambler. Song. What a yeah. I, I didn't even think about that song when we were coming up with our song today, and I love it. Uh, what's up, everyone? You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm one of your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. So we're still in that new year time of year. The you, new glow. Yeah, new year, new glow. New year, the, new me. Yeah, ready to go. The new year's this time for sort of reflection, self reflection, resolution. Yeah, of course. Um. It's this time to sort of look back at our lives, our careers, our relationships, our health, whatever, and we kind of take stock. This is where like New Year's resolutions come from, right? Yep. And we all used to get gym memberships, not so much this year, probably. <laughs> yeah. And that's a good point. So this uh, discussion we're going to have today, which is about how magic and games in general, the lessons you learn there, what that can teach you about life or mm. the, how you can use those lessons in life. Um, it, obviously, we're not going to be discussing things in terms of the pandemic. This isn't necessarily about the the pandemic, obviously that made 2020 really tough. Yes. Some things are out of our hands, right? But, you know, I'm a goal-oriented person. I think you are too, Jimmy. And as I was sort of looking at 2021 and kind of thinking about the goals I wanted to set for the year and what I wanted to do differently, it really struck me how many of the sort of philosophies I have about life or, or how I look at things really com- can can draw like a pretty direct line to yeah. lessons I learned in magic or other games. Yeah, magic is definitely, I think, like sharpened a lot of parts of my life, both in, I mean, just talking to you about magic has helped me be a better conversationalist, but so many other aspects as well, which we'll be diving into today. And uh, it's, it's going to be a fun episode. But of course, before we get into it, we got to tell you about our sponsor, cardkingdom.com slash commandzone. What Card Kingdom taught me about life is that customer service matters, shipping matters, quality matters, and buying from a source that you can trust matters. And not just that, you're also supporting the podcast when you do so. So magic cards, singles, sealed product, everything under the sun, as well as ultra pro product as well. And things that you need to play the game that we all love and talk about all the time. If you head to cardking.com slash command zone, that's our affiliate link. It's as easy as that. You're on the site and you're buying the cards that you need for yourself or for someone else to play commander. 
Also, at the time you're watching this, I'm pretty sure the Kaldheim uh, oh, yeah, preview season is in full effect. So you're seeing all those cards. There's a lot of really cool stuff. There's the uh, legendary creatures that all are MDFCs. What? So they start in your command zone. So you can kind of have like maybe an enchantment or equipment or something in your command zone. Yeah. That's all stuff you want to get a hold of. Pre-order it right now. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone. And of course, once you get all that stuff, you want to keep it protected. You want to keep it safe. Use the products that Jimmy and I we use and trust ourselves with our own collections. Mm-hmm. It's all made by Ultra Pro. They make the Pro Gloss Eclipse sleeves. They make the Satin Tower Mythic Collection deck boxes. They make the best play mats. They make relic tokens, really sweet dice. Not only do they protect your stuff, but they also make your battlefield look as awesome as possible. Yeah, and that's what matters the most. Yeah, let's <laughs> what be Magic honest. What taught me about life let's... look as cool as possible when you play because your misplays are going to define you more than your play mats sometimes. <laughs> okay, and the final way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash commands and we love our patrons we talk to them every day on discord answering questions there's an amazing community there as well that everyone can engage in and get deck help and all that stuff and also they get to watch game nights and extra turns a day early ad free although i know a lot of you love the ads out there but you get to discuss it with everyone else beforehand and josh and i are always there jumping in the conversation as well yeah, so patreon.com slash command zone. In fact, one uh, final perk that all patrons get is the chance to be called out on the show. We oh, pick yeah. one lucky patron every single episode, and this episode is dedicated to Nick Genovese. Nick, you rock. That's a cool name. Very all cool. right, let's get into the main topic here. What magic can teach us about life? Yeah, the pursuit of Life, love, and magicdom. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was like, how do we get this in there? <laughs> I mean, the pursuit to improve at you know, magic and commander, I think really can sort of inadvertently Mm -hmm. teach us a lot of lessons that we can apply to our quote unquote real life. Yeah, totally. So Uh, I remember actually talking to Gavin about this a long time ago. And he said, I think magic has made me better in every aspect of my life in meetings, friendships, negotiations, all that stuff. And I was like, what? And then the more I started to play, I was like, I can see what he means. Yeah. If you can draw those lines and those parallels to your real life, you can often like informed decisions that you're making or, or cause you to make choices, mm-hmm. you know, that you know have better outcomes because you've sort of played them out practicing magic or whatever. Right, right. So I think the first lesson that I wrote down here that magic teaches us about life is to set goals. Ah. So this is what New Year's resolutions are really, right? They are mm-hmm. a goal. And and ha, 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 most people don't follow through with their resolutions <laughs> and things like that. Um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I tend to actually be pretty good about following through with New Year's resolutions. Not always. This 2020 was kind of a watch because of the pandemic. I couldn't do some of the stuff I wanted to. But yeah, uh, I think this is kind of an easy one. I think most people know that... Yeah, and and then, well, let's start here. Any like self-help guru any self-help book or podcast or whatever, that's like the first thing they're going to tell you. Set goals, right? Set some goals, yeah. Yeah. I think most of us know in order to accomplish a thing, we kind of first have to acknowledge that it's a thing we want to accomplish. Yeah, that's actually a really important thing to recognize, which is if you don't say something out loud, like I want to do this, then your brain is not going to start taking the steps to doing it. And a lot of it is visualizing it, saying something so that you can hold yourself accountable for it. And setting goals is all sort of playing into that world of how do I actually get the thing that I want? So let's talk about in magic goals that, you know, I think a lot of players have set, you know, it can be, I want to obtain that, that one card that I want to uh, get a yeah. Gaia's cradle for this deck or the whatever dual land, old mm-hmm. school dual land that fits in this deck, or I want to get the fetch lands for this deck, or I want to, whatever the, the card or grouping of cards is, I think that's a very common goal that players set in magic and they reach all the time. Yeah. Uh, there's also, 
you want to build that specific deck. So, oh, I really want to build my Atraxa deck. You know, it's, you could, I almost said this year, but not all things are resolutions, right? Like at any point in time, you could just be like, oh, I want to build that deck. So that is a goal I'm setting for myself is to brew and then, you know, come up with a list and then find the pieces and then physically put it together and then play it against people. If you think about that, there's a lot of steps to accomplishing that goal. So every time you build a deck, you've set a goal and gone after it. Yeah, not just that. When you say, I want to build that Atraxa deck, and you're watching one of our preview card episodes or our set reviews, and we mention a card, and you're like, wait a minute, those are in Atraxa's colors, you wouldn't have thought about that connection unless you had the goal set beforehand. So that's just an immediate, like, aha, there's a step process here, and my brain being attuned to the goal lets me be open to when things or opportunities are coming my way for that. Ooh, I really like that. Setting the goal has ancillary benefits beyond just achieving it. It also makes you better at achieving the best version of that goal because you know that you've set it yeah you're being attentive yeah that's really great uh Um, this could happen on arena too right like in arena it's different but you kind of have to save up wild cards uh you might have to change your play like maybe it's better to do a bunch of drafts or something because you kind of get more wild cards or open more packs that way nice yeah yeah, and so you set that goal and and it causes you to sort of go after it in a different way one goal that i have is i want to you know especially early on when I was like playing limited and early games of commander, I would always lose to the same people or lose in similar Mm -hmm. ways. And my goal was, I just want to beat that person or I want to, you know, for me, like (laughs) for a long time, I was, I want to beat Kenji Egashira in limited, which is so hard, but it's a great goal because it really challenges you to become a better player. And so that's, I think a really common goal as well. Like I want to be the best deck at the uh, best player at the table. I want to win a draft, whatever it is. Yeah. That's great. People talk about sort of their LGS end bosses, right? Those people, People oh, yeah, yeah, that just yeah. tend to win the drafts or the pre, pre-releases or whatever. The PTQ people. That, yeah, and those yeah, are the yeah. people that you can kind of measure yourself against. So it can definitely be a goal to like to like win games against that player. It could be a player mm-hmm. in your commander playgroup. You know, I think every playgroup, there's barely any playgroups is my guess that just every player is just roughly equal and they exact all equal, win yeah. 25% of the games. You know, every play group has a, a player or depending on how big your play group is, a number, a couple of players that kind of take the lion's share of the wins. They tend to win more often. They're probably more experienced. Maybe they have right. bigger collections, you know, better deck builders, whatever the reason is, better at politics, you know. So having that goal of like, I want to beat that player. Or maybe in a commander group, it could be like, you know, this one player has this one deck that I really oh, always nice. seem to lose to. or So maybe I want to beat that deck. That could be another goal that you set in Magic where mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'm going to start doing some stuff so that I can take out that one deck that really frustrates me. Or I just want to get them back for this thing that they did. Like me and Craig always have this ongoing goal of like, I'm going to get him this time in a way that he's not going to see coming. <laughs> it's <laughs> So it doesn't always necessarily be like, I got to beat someone. Sometimes it can be a lot more casual with a goal too. Could be also not directed at just a player, but just overall, I want to win more games. Yep. You know, uh, again, we hear from a lot of people across the spectrum in Commander and a lot of newer players, they start out and understandably aren't winning a lot at first. And, yeah. you know, a lot of the thanks we get, we get a lot of emails and correspondence from people being like, oh, thank you so much because I've been listening to your podcast, watching game nights and things. I've started to win more games in my play group. Uh, yeah. And they really feel like that's, you know, they're they're feeling that growth uh, of becoming a better player uh, as a result of, of sort of winning more. And so I, I think that can be a goal. I just want to win more. Not necessarily win every game of Commander that I play because that's not reasonable, <laughs> but like maybe I don't win very often at all and I just want to win my share, which is, you know, 25% or whatever it is. Yeah, and winning in, in- on arena and stuff is just directly tied to people that maybe watch an arena episode and want to climb up the ladder it's like i want to be higher on the ladder it's a great goal to have because you can see yourself progress you can see the little things tick down as you get to the next rank and so that is nice as well i think a lot of people are trying to get that mythic rank in yeah, arena these yeah setting days. that goal of i want to get to mythic on arena that's yeah definitely along similar lines right uh-huh 
Uh, or it could also be nothing that's quite as quantifiable. It could be like, I want to have more fun oh, in yeah. my playgroup, or I want my playgroup to have more fun, or I want our game sessions to feel more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can be a goal that you set for yourself uh, and for your playgroup. So goals in Magic are sort of wide and varied. They come in all shapes and sizes, just like in life. Yeah. And I think a, a big thing I would say, or a note I would say on goals is like, there tends to be this idea, New Year's resolution, set one. You know, I think in in life, it's good to set multiple goals. Totally. And big and small. Yeah. And across different things, like you might have a personal life goal. Maybe one of your goals is I want to get a new car. That's yep. definitely different than Magic the Gathering. <laughs> right. But you can have multiple ones going on. You can be like, I want to get a new car. I want to get a guy's cradle for my deck and, you know, some other goal in life. But I would say also set large goals. This is another thing self-help gurus and things will often yeah. say. Set you know, shoot for the moon so that if you miss, you hit the stars. That's like a cliche saying, (laughs) right? But there is some truth to having goals that are large because I, one of the deficiencies or sort of weaknesses I see in myself often is um, I'm good at setting goals, but I am pretty bad at setting really big ones. So I often sort of achieve my goals. Oh, okay. That's interesting. But then I always wish, like, I kind of didn't shoot high enough. I wish I would have set my goal way farther out because then then what if I hit that? You know, uh, I probably just set my goal a little bit too small because I actually achieved it. It's not like you don't want to achieve all your goals. Like right. if your goal is to like lose weight or whatever. You, that doesn't have to be the lofty goal, but you know, you could have some lofty ones out there so that you've always got something you're going for. Yeah. And oftentimes that means setting goals that are further down the line mm. uh, on the, the, the weight gain and weight loss thing. It's something that I've talked to people about before, which is like, let's say your goal was to, uh, let's say very vaguely be fit. And it's like, okay, cool. So how are you going to set this goal? Is it after a month, I'm going to lose five pounds? Because if you do that, you'll fluctuate. Maybe you'll like cut a bunch at the very end and lose the five pounds. But the goal has been achieved, but you're not actually making a lasting change. But what if it was like in 12 months, I want to look good enough to do a beach photo shoot and be comfortable. Now you're really making changes because you're looking further in the distance and you're not just doing things in the temporary moment to sort of alter that and achieve a goal. You're really working towards something longer. Oh, that's a great segue into the second lesson that magic teaches us about life. You must change your behavior to achieve the goals. Change my behavior? What? You must change your behavior to achieve the goals. So just setting the goal, just acknowledging that's a thing I want is not enough. And and this is obvious too, but it's obvious to the point that a lot of people just skip this step or never get to this step. We know this works, right? And that's what I love about magic and games. MTG teaches us that changing of the behaviors not only is possible and you can do it, but also that it works. Yeah. And yet, for whatever reason, we rarely do it in real life. So let's go back through our examples here. Okay. You want to obtain a card, a specific card or a group of cards, you know, or you want to build a deck. What do you do? Well, think about it and set the goal, and then start taking the practical steps to get there. So if you're chaining a card in real life, there's a number of ways of doing it. Either you're going to save up money to get the card on cardkingdom.com slash command zone, <laughs> or you're trading up to it. You see your trade binder, you've been drafting for a while, you've been very particular to make sure that when you're done drafting, you set aside the cards that you can trade them for in-store credit, and then you're going to build up to it and then get the card that way. So two very uh, clear-cut ways of doing it, but you can't just do it by just saying you want it and then not doing anything, right? Right, whatever it is that you do, if it's on Arena, you know, and like we said, you're drafting more, saving up the wild cards so mm-hmm. that you can build that one specific deck so you can climb the ladder. 
you know, whatever it is that you do, you do something, right? Yeah. The cards will not just magically show up in your collection. I wish they did, yeah. but that's not how this world works. Right. And this whole thing's going to, this all ties into something uh, called the marshmallow test. Have you heard of this, Jimmy? I have not. So but it in, sounds delicious. So in parenting, the marshmallow test was all the rage, like, I don't know, in, in sort of parenting um, learning circles. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, some hot 10, tech. 15, 20 years ago. Was the big, meta. You can, go, you can go online and look up marshmallow tests on like YouTube and watch people who gave the marshmallow test to their kids. So I'll lay down what it is. They found that they've done all these tests over the years, like test people's IQs uh-huh. and then follow them through life and see does IQ correlate to quote unquote success in life oh, okay, or yeah. all, just trying to sort of get down to the core fundamentals of what like kind of uh, indicates whether or you, life or yeah what personality traits or whatever or intelligence or whatever right. is going to indicate that you're going to be quote unquote successful in life and the marshmallow test has an extremely high correlation with high sat scores and and uh lack or, or and people that don't have behavioral issues so mm-hmm. it has a high correlation with what they sort of uh quantified as success quick in question life. will it still work for me as a 30 plus year old adult well here well let's ask the question here <laughs> or let me lay out the test so the okay. way that the marshmallow test works is that you take a young child usually in i don't know five six years old yep and you put them in a room with a table and on the table is a plate and it has one marshmallow on it okay and you say to the child you say listen there's a marshmallow on the table you can eat it right now if you want to but i'm gonna leave and in five minutes, I'm going to come back. And if you have not eaten that marshmallow, I'll give you two more marshmallows. <gasps> and then you'll have three. That's a three for one. And then the, the adult or the tester leaves the room. And this is what they found. The kids that could... What's, what's the word for it? It's called... Uh, Eating the marshmallow? <laughs> de- uh, delayed gratification. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so the, the kids that could delay gratification and not eat the marshmallow right, right. away... Pass, quote unquote passed the test and that was the correlation with higher SAT scores less behavioral issues oh wow later on if they could control themselves if they could you know it's tough when you're a child right like it's yeah. now versus later as an adult I think we feel like this sounds easy well five minutes is not very long I'll look at my phone I'll think about something right exactly and the funny thing was when you watch the um, successful kids quote unquote the ones that you know wait they mm-hmm. they they will imply strategy to hmm. the test. So a lot of them will turn their back and not look at the marshmallow Smart. or put their heads down or they'll talk to themselves. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. Wow. They will actually employ strategies. And some kids right away will just be like, kid, adult walks out of the room, eat it. Yeah. Don't even think about yeah. it. Don't even care. <laughs> wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. So the ability to delay gratification, this is all the analogies to life are huge, right? Saving up for the card in your deck. What is that? That's delaying gratification. Right. That money could be used to buy a Starbucks tomorrow or whatever, mm-hmm, but you mm-hmm. say, no, I'm going to put it over here. I'm going to hold it. And that money alone won't be enough to buy the guy's cradle. But You have to do it 20 more times to get there. So that's the marshmallow test in real life, right? Oh, interesting. So, yeah. And, and not just being like, I have a credit card. I'll just charge it to this imaginary amount too. That's also learning how to delay that. Exactly. So delayed gratification is such a big thing. And magic teaches us a lot about delayed gratification. You want to beat that one player in your playgroup or that one deck that that player plays. What do you have to do? What are some steps you could take to accomplish that goal? Yeah, well, it's a multitude of things that makes a quote-unquote good magic player. Maybe it's as simple, maybe you're a great player, but your deck building skills aren't great. So you're going to need to adjust the ratios of your wraths or your single tower removals, or maybe you need to add a little bit of interaction that you didn't have before. 
Yeah. You have to do something. Yeah. But maybe that something is in deck building or maybe it's in changing the way that you play uh, your in-game decisions. Maybe you're like, you have to sort of notice, oh, I always lose to this. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to save my removal spell and wait for that moment so that they can't do, I don't lose in that way this time. So you learn, you think, you adjust, you do something though. It's never about not changing your behavior you're doing yeah. something normally i was destroying things that maybe didn't matter and now i've learned what matters and then i'm going to use my things against what matters so i'm changing my behavior yeah how many players have been like darn i wasted my removal too early or someone plays a huge threat and you path it before even realizing who they're going to go attack every time that happens maybe you should just point it and yell marshmallow instead from now on <laughs> <laughs> uh it could be political too it's not always just about the cards especially in, you know in specifically in commander mm-hmm. uh it could be not falling for somebody's politics oh that person always tricks me to a deal or whatever or hey i need to get that person on my side so i'm going to very consciously Mm -hmm. make sort of political overtures or negotiations with them to sort of blunt what they normally do and maybe through that i can find my way to victory yeah and we've also seen this too where sometimes someone will try and set just too ridiculous of a deal up way too fast there's no like rapport between the players there's no proof right that you can trust me or like look i've been defending you all game from this person now can we set a deal so that's also kind of a little bit of delayed gratification don't like go for everything all at once because you might actually hurt your chances down the line by sort of being too impulsive Yeah, and all this stuff is changing of your behavior. So it's like, I have this goal and I want to do this thing and now I'm going to have to do something different than I normally do in order to accomplish it. Yeah, it's very one-to-one in Magic too. Like just bringing a better built deck to the table means you're going to hit more land drops, right? You immediately see the results of it. Okay, so let's say you're in the situation where you have made the goal that I want to have more fun in my playgroup or I want my playgroup to have fun, Mm -hmm. more fun than they're currently having. You know, another thing we hear a lot is playgroups that kind of have this uh, roller coaster of of fun that amounts because sometimes people start building degenerate decks and then sometimes yeah. other people in the play group start devolving into trying to, you know, build more and more CEDH style decks to, to compete. To throw all of a sudden. Yeah, and yeah. people can... T- can some people love that and that's totally fine if everybody does but some people in the play group can kind of feel like, oh, we're going in a direction that feels like it's less fun to play every night. And then, so if you set that as a goal, what change of behavior do you have to, um, you know, do you have to exhibit in order to to start to achieve the goal of having more fun in your playgroup, do you think? This one's tough because you cannot reliably change anyone, right? The only person you have full control of is yourself, really. Um, and that means that you you might need to take action to bring the topic up with other players. Now, you may not be able to change who they are, but you can change how they see it because maybe they, they're not seeing the perspective that, hey, I just don't want to come to the game nights anymore if this is always going to be a three-turn combo off CDH crew. Can we maybe institute a couple more games where we're not playing our hardest crazy decks every single time? And that conversation can be really hard to have, but it's something that you're taking upon yourself to sort of open the eyes of other players because you can't change the fact that they maybe like CDH more, but maybe you can convince them to play a couple more casual games on top of that. Yeah, so you have the conversation maybe with your playgroup. I mean, you want to have more fun, and a step that you could take is have a conversation that's not, you know, let's be honest, easy to have sometimes. Yeah, or fun. I mean, yeah. but but that is a change in your behavior that necessitates you being able to accomplish the goal that you're setting you're setting yourself. It could also be that you make a realization you could be the player. <gasps> In which case, now it's not a conversation that you're having with them. It's a conversation you're having with yourself. And that's going to necessitate even more change of behavior. Maybe you need to change what it is you're doing. You could be the mm-hmm. the reason that the player was having less fun. Yeah, they that- could be talking to you and you realize, oh, maybe I do need to change my behavior a little bit because my fun is predicated on everyone having fun. 
And this can cause you to maybe have to depower your decks or maybe you have to power your decks up a little bit or maybe other players have to and you you need to communicate that to them. But, you know, once you've set that goal of I want my player to have more fun, there's a bunch of different avenues that are possibly the solution. But whatever they are, I guarantee doing nothing isn't going to make it happen. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to change your behavior. Yeah, the key is is action. You know, there is no results without action being taken. We can sort of do mind experiments all day, but if it doesn't translate into what's happening in real life, then you're not going to actually see a, you know, a viable change or a noticeable change. The great thing about magic and why I love it as a sort of a, a teacher of lessons is that we've all been in some of these situations before, right? So everybody's mm-hmm. had a card they wanted or a deck they were going to build or, you know, a player they wanted to beat or any of these other things. And we've already overcome those goals, many of us. I mean, most of us have set a goal for a card we wanted and have achieved the totally. the card, right? If you played Magic for a few years, that's definitely happened. So Magic just taught you that it works, <laughs> that you can do it. You've done it. Yeah. So applying it to the other aspects of your life should be easier, right? You know uh-huh. that it works and, y- you know, you can trust that sort of, you can trust that part of the process. And so, you know, when you set that goal to save money over the year or to lose weight or those are the most common types of things that people make for resolutions, but there are all kinds, yep. you know, I think it can be easy to sort of fall off that wagon because you don't see progress every day. Yeah. But just remember magic, like magic teaches you those things work, stick with it. That's a, you know, change your behavior. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're not just saying, I want this to happen and doing nothing. Do something and it will happen. Yeah. And you can be smart about it too, right? Like, I think a lot of people see, like, I want to lose 50 pounds is I want to lose 50 pounds, not I want to lose one pound 50 times. Right. Right. Reframing things to help it make be more understandable in your head is a really big deal. Like, Freddie, for instance, lost a lot of weight over yeah. the pandemic with my brother. And I asked him, like, what'd you do? Did you stop drinking sodas? He's like, no, I still drink a soda every day. I just track my calories and I have clear goals. My app tells me what to do. And I'm like, oh, that's really smart. You have something that helps keep you accountable. But the most important thing is that you learn what a change in behavior is going to result in and then you fall through with it freddie wong the only person able to lose weight during the pandemic <laughs> i need to learn that i gained like 30 pounds yeah i gained, I gained a solid 15 so <laughs> i thought it only happened freshman year in college turns out that's not true <laughs> it actually becomes easier to do the older you get whoopee <laughs> all right well, let's move on to lesson number three and this is a really interesting one analyze your play ah self-consciousness in a productive way so how will you even know ever you know what goals to set or what behaviors you need to change if you don't analyze what it is that you're currently doing and almost no one does this in real life right this is i think one of the single hardest things for humans to do yeah it is so hard but we do it all the time in magic and that's what i love Mm -hmm. is magic really teaches you to analyze your play and also magic tricks you to analyzing your play when you're not even trying to. We've all gone to bed, uh, you know, at night after that gaming session, right? And there was that one game. And just like you said, I wish I didn't path to exile that one thing. I should have saved it for the sun thing. And it's just stuck in your head. And you wish go- I cast Rakdos charm a little earlier. <laughs> it happened. I it's wish I would have seen that altar of dementia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just stuck in your craw. It's just up there. Yeah. And it's, and it's, tw- it's tumbling around in your head as you're trying to go to sleep and you're replaying it in your mind. And, you know, there's there's more formalized ways to do this. Like MTGO will just let you straight up watch your yeah. replays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think we've all been in the situation where we're thinking through games that we've played of Magic and, and we're trying to make it so that next time we remember that stuff, that's what games kind of teach you to do. But in life, you know... 
It's a bit more vague because it's not so... Magic is so easy to see, right? Oh, I tapped wrong. Oh, minutes later, seconds later, I saw the mistake. I analyzed what I did. Maybe I should be a little more careful. In real life, it is not as obvious, I don't think. Yeah, we're not talking about like the lose weight thing or the save money thing. Mm-hmm. That stuff can be obvious. But a lot of small stuff isn't obvious. Like we look for very small edges in magic all the time. Think about like a very common thing. Like you wait until the end step before your turn to crack your fetch land. Totally. Why do you do that? So it gives you the most options, keeps it open. Maybe you have two cards in your hand. One needs one color, one needs the other. So the fetch land is going to go on one way, depending on what happens at the table. But you don't want to make it until the last possible moment, the decision. Yeah, hides a little information from your opponent. Sure, maybe. yeah. But these are very, very infinitesimally <laughs> small. Like, let's say in one game, you crack that fetch land during your turn straight up and, and don't use it. And in the other game, it's parallel universe, the same right. game. On the end step before your turn, you crack the fetch land. What percentage increase to your win percentage did occur? Oh, tiny. Like, is it probably 0.001% or something? Like, I mean, it's, it's less than 1%, right? Yeah. Unless you were, unless it was like you were in a situation where you had an instant speed spell where you need to kill something and you cracked for the wrong land. Like, that's about it. But like, it's early in the game or whatever it is. Yeah. The, the, the changes in percentage are tiny, but we still do it because we like optimizing and we know it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So in life, we won't make these analysis about very small things in our life. Maybe big things, like I need to lose weight. Like uh-huh. I, I've gained 30 pounds over the pandemic. I definitely need to lose weight. Right. But we won't look at these little small things. And in magic, we're making these small, we want every small edge we can get. And so I think it's really important to sort of analyze your play in life and right. look at the little things, not just the big things. The big things are obvious. You don't really have to anal- analyze them as much. Yeah. So I have this story. Um, when I worked at Universal years ago, mm-hmm. I just noticed... I'd been there a couple years that I was just showing up late every day to work. Oh, okay. So I, I think was it's like, a very common thing, by the way. Yeah. So like, eh, five minutes, 10 minutes, it's LA, LA time traffic. There's always a convenient excuse, right? <laughs> right. And, and you know, I'll be honest here. Like I was, I'm good at my job. I was doing well. No one's was going to say anything to me about being 10 minutes late, 12 right. minutes late, 15 minutes late. But I just noticed that that was a thing that was occurring frequently. And nobody talked to me about it. Nobody said anything about it. But I've been around workplaces for a long time. And I know that if you're the person or one of the people that's showing up late every day, your bosses know about it. Mm -hmm. The brass at wherever you work, they know who those people are. They have a certain amount of disdain towards those people. Those people may be their A players, may be really good at their jobs, but they're also like... It just leaves a bad taste in their mouth. And, and wor- worse yet, like if you set a bad example for newer people coming in, that's that's going to affect them as well. So I knew that it's like a thing that no one was saying anything. No one was giving me funny looks. But I knew that like it's just generally a thing that is not great for me or for a number of other reasons that you said. Yeah. And that was a thing that I just decided one day, you know what? I got to stop being late. Ten more minutes of sleep. Is that doing anything for me? <laughs> You know what I mean? And oftentimes it wasn't even sleep. I was just like hanging at my house for t- uh, right. doing something Slowly stupid. Slowly getting out. Yeah, exactly. Just not putting my shoes on right. in time or whatever. And it was really easy for me to just change my behavior, just start showing up on time. And I started showing up like five minutes early, mm-hmm. you know, just, and I would just leave a little bit early because LA traffic and things like you said. And I just totally stopped being the person that was late every day and nobody told me anything or nobody talked to me or anything like that. That was just me analyzing my play and being like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. So I'm just going to change my behavior. And in real life, think about it. How often have you ever, you know, you out there 
ever done that? Ever examined small little things in your life and said, you know what? This is a thing that's pretty easy for me to change if I just notice it and change the behavior. Yeah. And then carried through and done it. Because most of us don't even get to the step of noticing it. Yeah. And and there are so many people that even get stuck at noticing it. Just going, eh, but it is what it is. Right. So I think this ties into a really important thing that magic again and the idea of the marshmallow test blows uh, right into your face, which is self-discipline. Because it takes discipline to both analyze the mistake and then willingly take a decision that will adjust that behavior to avoid that mistake or or that doesn't even necessarily need to be a mistake right we don't even need to frame it like that could just be a habit right yeah it's it's self-awareness too i think being aware and when we're looking at a game where we're looking at magic it's really easy to not project like anything onto it so it's like i made this mistake i should have done this i should and next time i want to do this instead yeah it doesn't cause you necessarily to feel bad about yourself i mean you might be like uh that was a kind of player that a bad magic player would make or kind of play the bad magic player would make and I want to be good so next time I'm not going to do it but it doesn't make it hard for you to look at yourself in the mirror every day yeah, but yeah, there yeah. are certain things that you do that you maybe don't want to face up to like being late at work that's not something where like you look in the mirror every day and you go like I'm the late guy at work I can't I can't stand the the side of myself yeah <laughs> unless you had the neuroses about that right yeah it's, it's but it is something that I thought was negative and I wanted to change I wanted right. to share another story that's a little bit similar but it was a thing that is definitely like something that made me not feel great about the type of person I was. So another story at work was there was, I think we've all been through something like this before, where there was just that one person at work that was kind of like the kicking bag type of person Uh, at the office. And they were... This is not about anyone here, by the way. No, no, sorry. This (laughs) is years ago, again, I won't say where. um, Years ago at another job, you know, and they were just kind of the person that everybody got just kind of made fun of, you know? Easy to poke fun at easy it's kind of like a kevin in the office right similar right. Like toby right someone that you just kind of like i need to throw a little bit of hate anger something somewhere yeah and everybody just kind of does it and so you kind of pile on top of it because that's just kind of human nature unfortunately yeah and yeah i had the realization that like i was in that group of people like belittling this person and i didn't like that i was doing that and that was another thing that i said you know what I, i'm just not going to do that anymore mm. and then when people are doing it around me i'm just not i'm going to be like hey that's like that's just straight up mean like why are we why are you mean to him for no reason right. because it's not like the person did anything right they just kind of were the personality where they're I think, the punching bag yeah it's like no it's like certain personalities like no one will belittle me because i will probably come at you you know, and and so they like just, bullies on the playground. If yeah. you stand up to them, they'll stop. But sometimes people don't. But there's certain go people; they're far. just not going to come and they're not, and they take it. But you know, they don't like it, and yeah. they're just not the type of personality that's going to stand up. And that does so. What that precip or what that causes to happen is they continue to have to take it, and that sucks. Yeah, and it's so, going to wear on them over time too, for sure. Yeah, and so I have a lot of shame about even for a for the amount of time that I was belittling the person, you know, being that person. Uh, but I did like just decide I wasn't going to do that anymore one day and started changing my behavior, you know, and it's, that's a tough one because, you know, some of the people that like you hang out with at work are like, whoa, why all of a sudden? Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. And, but, uh, you know, it's something I'm very proud of having done years later, mm-hmm. but that took analysis, right? That took you and analyze, analyzing your play. And I think a lot of people just fall into that situation where they are on the pilot on the person and everybody's doing it. And it doesn't feel that yeah. bad all the time. And, you know, and that's just one example of things in your life. I think everybody out there is probably thinking of things in their life that has something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That you could just change like that. It would be so, it wouldn't be difficult, but you just have to notice it. 
Yeah, not just notice it. I mean, I find that the analysis part of this is a really important part because you can know something's wrong and you're doing something wrong, but not know why. And not knowing the why is a big thing. My personal story is... I have a girlfriend, now fiance, and... Congratulations, by the way. We haven't said that on the show yet. Thank you, everyone. There are pictures on Instagram. Yes, they're all on Instagram. We're going to put his Instagram on screen right now so you can go look. Actually, we're just going to put the picture on screen. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Uh, But make sure you follow me, too. Oh, okay. Uh, So, the thing that before I started dating my fiance is I was single for like five years, basically the entire time we were doing the podcast, Um, because, you know, you're, I mean, I was dedicated towards the work and all that, so I didn't really... Singledom and having a magic podcast are related. (laughs) Let's just be honest. <laughs> the Venn diagram is just a circle. <laughs> but one of the bad habits I picked up during that time is that I acted like a single person. So to girls, guys, anyone, uh, I would always talk in like maybe a more flirtatious manner or a more open manner because the boundaries I hadn't really made for myself. And after having dating someone for a while and been in more and more situations, they brought up to me that they didn't like the way that I was talking to certain people, especially women around them, because it felt like I was giving them so much attention and all this other stuff. And my first instinct was excuse, 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 like billions of excuses without thinking, what is the shoe like on the other foot? Which is just like, Jimmy, you've become accustomed to acting a certain way because you were single for a long time. So everyone you talked to kind of had this different demeanor to it. How do you need to adjust that and analyze why you're doing it to adjust it because it is important that you make the person that you care about feel safe as you would hope they would do the same for you. So that was like a really difficult step for me because it required me to admit to myself that what I'd been doing wasn't, it wasn't quote unquote wrong, but it was definitely not right, if that makes sense. And I think that's really important is that you don't need to like guilt shame yourself that, oh, I'm such a bad person, I feel awful. But having a bit of that there is a great impetus to help you develop past it because the analysis and all that stuff requires you to be introspective and to analyze your play. In this case, my, uh, I guess I would call it sort of like a uh, group ignorance of how I was coming off to other people. And that was a huge developmental moment, I think, for me. Yeah, and being able to to not only, you know, have the realization, but then make the changes is such a huge thing. And I think everybody out there, if you want to be better and if you want your life to be better, you have to analyze yeah. what's currently happening because you can't improve something. I mean, you might get lucky, but you can't consciously take anything steps to improve anything unless you're like, know what it is that you're trying to, to accomplish. Totally. So find those spots where you need to make changes in your life and make the change. Yeah, and be open to listening. If, if you are the player that's the problem in the play group and someone comes to you and earnestly tells you, hey, this is how people are feeling, you know, have an open ear to it. it. Don't listen to someone if they're being toxic or whatever, but definitely know that people, if they're trying to tell you something, they're doing it generally for a reason. So, you know, analyze your own play and open the door a little bit to making sure that other people, you know, if they have something to say to you, that you're not just blocking it out immediately because maybe they have a point the thing i like about our three examples here you know being late belittling the co-worker you know the, your behavior around your significant other is they were very specific right so these are like and not large things it wasn't like lose 100 pounds as far as like lofty goals that will take months to accomplish these mm-hmm. were specific things that you can immediately change behavior and start to correct yeah yeah and a lot of it really was just like it felt like to me like oh there's a door in my brain that is supposed to be looking at this that it's just been closed because I haven't needed to open it before. But you're opening it and it's like, oh, I can do this. It's not like it. It's not like I'm going to change my fundamental behavior. You're to, still the same I'm person. I'm still the same yeah. person. I just understand setting better boundaries and all that. All right. Those are the first three lessons we've learned from magic, but there are a bunch more to go. Ah. We're going to, yeah. I think one of my favorite ones is coming up. But before we get into it, I'm going to take a quick break. Hear a message from our sponsors. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right. Welcome back to a uh, Magic Teaches Us How to Be Better at Life episode. A really fun one, especially in the beginning of 2021 as we're coming into a brand new year. We have a few lessons remaining here. So I guess we just get right into it. All right. Lesson number four that we can learn from magic and apply to real life is trust the process. Ooh. So we went into, we talked about this a little bit or alluded to it when we said change your behavior. But one of the things I think that we like about games and that draws people to games is that they track and show us our progress constantly. Ah. And that's a good feeling when you know that you're advancing. So let's talk about like, Jimmy, one of your favorite subjects, World of Warcraft. That's right. Aha, that's right. There are so many things that it's like your skill is zero out of 150. But if you do it once, you get one out of 150 and you watch it click up. There's a little experience bar at the bottom that fills up when you kill monsters and complete quests and you can see it and then you glow and you flash when you level up. So you can really track and see what's happening. And let's be honest, like grinding mobs in World of Warcraft, not super fun. Nah. Yeah, it's repetitive, and you know I know that's not the only way to level, but you end up spending a lot of time just like killing the same yeah. monsters over and over to get the experience points or the quest items or whatever. And you see it, right? You you can say, okay, kill X number of things. This goes up that far. Okay. Yeah, you're constantly checking like how many bubbles of experience points totally. did I yeah. get? How many do I have left? How many did I accomplish? Once you get to higher levels, you may not even reach full levels within a night. So you're like, oh, I got a third of a level tonight. Oh, yeah. I got, you yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, totally. And also in other ways too, like um, in role playing games specifically you know your character at the very beginning of the game hits for five damage what's it hitting for when you're level 50 yeah totally. you know fifty thousand damage so you just the numbers got bigger so it's just demonstrably more advanced than what you were mm-hmm. um arena does this too right you have gems and wild cards and ways to track your progress how big your collection is they have the ladder it has a yeah gold and platinum and mythic you know, silver, it has different levels to it. So you know exactly where you are. You know where you are within those levels. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm on this tier with this many stars and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I need to win X number of games in draft to get my gems back. You can you can just see the numbers. It's almost, you know, it's very mathematical in a lot of ways. And I think this is a, a lot of the reason that people are drawn to games to begin with. It's just, I think in real life, at the end of most days for most people, it's very difficult to really say for sure whether you've advanced 
much that day. Like at the end of any given oh, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't look at your life and be like, <laughs> I gained one third of a level. You know, it's it's possible that if like last week was just, well, not last week, it was holidays, but maybe sure. like a random week in November was taken away from you. Would your life be that much different? Would you, would you have, would you be farther ahead in life or less far ahead having lost that day or that week? I think a lot of people feel yeah. that way and because and, life doesn't have a, a tracking bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, the closest you have are like momentous occasions or a birthday or, you know, or, a, oh, I felt so good about Thanksgiving this year because I cooked for everyone. So I got better at X, Y, and Z. I learned how to do this. But typically from day to day, week to week, we don't really have these landmark moments to like define our progress and track it by. Yeah. It's just not very tangible to us that we have advanced, that we are improving. And I think this specific specifically for like, I want to lose weight or I mm-hmm. want to advance in my career or I want to save more money. Save more money maybe actually doesn't fit in this because you can at least see that The happening. money going up, yeah. Yeah. But for some of this stuff, especially like fitness and diet, um, at career advancement, relationship improvements, mm-hmm. they're nebulous. They're not very tangible. They tend to like only be noticeable after long periods of time have gone by. And, and if you look at any like small incremental uh, amount of time, you can't really tell the difference. Yeah. And I think that's why people kind of have real trouble holding on to or sticking with these types of goals. It's because it just feels like you haven't really progressed or you progress mm-hmm. a lot at first and then the progression becomes very hard to come by. And because you kind of were so fast, it feels like, oh, now I'm not actually advancing, even though it should naturally get harder to do something. With a ceiling, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So... I think what magic teaches us and what games teach us in general is just that st- stick to itness. Trust mm-hmm. that process. If you are, if you have a plan, you set your goal, you change your behavior, you have a plan, that plan is very, very likely to work, but it probably just requires time. And each day checking in with, am I moving forward is actually maybe going to hurt you because totally. on each given day, you might not be able to notice it, but over the course of a long period of time, it could make a big difference, especially like fitness and stuff. Yeah. It, it is something I think, right. We're in a culture where we get likes on a posts, retweets, replies, and they all have numbers and things assigned to them. And so you would think, Oh, well look, everything in my life has a discernible difference because I can see if this thing is more popular because of a literal number metric, but you can't judge like, am I a better magic player from day one to day two? But you're definitely better from day one to today. Uh, you're definitely better after watching a bunch of podcasts and now you're playing again and right. Compare your first deck you ever built to the latest deck you built if you're a larger, if you're an indentured player. Like that is a great way to see. Yeah, there was progress, but I couldn't tell that the one day I learned that I should put one more land in my deck made a huge difference because it takes time for these sort of things to have a, an impact that you can notice. Oh, I really love that because. I think most people who have been playing for any amount of time, you know, like a year or so, will know for sure they are a much better player at the end of that year than they were at the start of that year. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're a much better deck builder, probably, and they'll have a bunch of reasons why. But I think if any given day, if you were like, hey, are you better than you were on Tuesday? They might not know that. And so Magic really does give you the tools. It teaches you, like, you you trust that process, you follow through, you stay on on that grind. It is going to accomplish that goal that you've set out for. Yeah. 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 Uh, this next lesson is one that I could probably learn the most from. It's uh, lesson number five. Think before you act. Don't just act. Don't just be impulsive Red Jimmy over here and doing things for the shenanigans. Entertainment-wise, hey, thumbs up. But uh, personal satisfaction-wise, ah. <laughs> yeah, so one of the things we, we've noticed from doing game nights for years and, and when we're shooting it is that people tend to 
make decisions in Magic almost like it's chess. You know, chess has that rule where like until yeah, you've taken your hand off the piece, <laughs> you could you can do what you want. As soon as you take your hand off the piece, then the decision's made. But until yeah. you've taken the hand off the piece, the decision is not made. You're still thinking about the decision. And because it's frustrating to us in game nights because it makes it harder to edit when people don't make their moves with their hands fast. Right. So what we always say to them is, hey, decide what you're going to do and then make the motion so that you're not like putting your hand on your card while you're thinking and sort of looking around. Because people will do this. They'll put their hand on their card, look around the table and be like, I'm going to attack. And they'll sort of look around, hands still on the <laughs> card. Uh, I guess Jimmy. And then they'll Jimmy remove goes, their well, hand. I can remove it. Don't forget on board. And they're like, oh, wait, never mind. Uh, I'm going to, yeah. Yeah. So think before you act is a thing that in Magic we're sort of aware of and we mm-hmm. tend to be careful about during our upkeep. A lot of times you'll be like, all right, untap, upkeep, look around, think. I'm going to draw my card, make sure there's no triggers, whatever. So yeah. Magic is structured in a way that sort of teaches us to like pause, think, now decide. Mm-hmm. In life, though, I think there are a lot of moments where we don't take that pause and think to heart and we just make those snap decisions. Yeah, because it's very natural mm-hmm. to us to make those decisions. And it's something that is, again, I think humans are inherently always going to tend to be more lazy if they get are given the chance. And it's not saying you're lazy, but if someone says hello to you, your instinct is to just say hi back, right? And, and like that, it happens all the time in conversations, in life judgments. We don't realize it, but we just sort of make a, ju- make a decision and do it quickly because we're conditioned to do so. And sometimes it's very important to not just say yes. If someone calls you on the phone and tries to sell you something and you're not really thinking quickly and you don't realize what's happening, you may just start agreeing to things. It's like, hold on, like there's always a lot of value in making sure that you're careful with your movements, even if it doesn't seem significant, because it could have a bigger impact in the long run. I think what a lot of people don't actually just ask for time to think too. Like a thing that, oh, yeah. a thing that, you know, we're in positions here at the office where there's a lot of shows going on and we've got big teams working on stuff. And a lot of people are, you know, they'll come to me and they have questions about like, well, we ran into this issue. We don't have this shot or we want to do this thing. You know, VFX, this happens a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not sure what we need to do with, you know, we wanted to do this, but it's hard because X, Y, Z, you know, what do you think we should do? And, you know, I've learned over years and years in the creative industry if I did not pretend, (laughs) right? So if I have a good idea, I'll say it. And sometimes I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure. Hang on, let me think about this. And sometimes I might think and be like, I'm not going to find it in the next couple of minutes. So what I want you to do is maybe even move on to a different thing while you and I both think about it. And we might think until tomorrow. And we we might think until Friday And we may be in the shower, and I call these aha moments in the shower, or driving to work, or we may hear a song, you know, that does something in our head that makes us think of the thing. And so rather than try right now to really hard force an idea, if it's not going to come, it's not going to come, let's pause and think about it. Yeah. And so many of the really cool things that have happened on game nights and stuff are a result of those aha moments in the shower where somebody comes in, not necessarily me, right? Our whole team is great. And we'll come Mm -hmm. in and be like, I was on the way to work this morning and I thought of this. And a lot of the lines that the characters have said were came up with that way or a lot of the little moments, you know, the little animations. What if we did this? Yeah. There are people walking in the morning first thing because they had that little spark, you know, 
that came to them. Yeah, I think we're kind of poorly conditioned by movies and TV shows too. When it's like it's a da 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 da, I'm like uh, well, the the heroes are in the room. They got to figure it out. And all of a sudden, Tom Cruise comes up with the epiphany to like, here it is. Here's the twenty step process. And you're like, well, that's just how it works. It's like, no, 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 no. A lot of times you really need to meditate on some things. I would say even some of the best episodes of the podcast are like, hey, I've been wanting to do this episode for a year. And then you're able to really put it. It's the same as almost saying like, I want to build an Atraxa deck instead of being like, tell me all the cards you want right now. It's like, no, I'm going to think about it for a while. And these things come up. I get inspired. I see something on game nights. Then I'm going to adjust and make a better decision and a better overall sort of like build of that deck thanks to the time I gave it. Yeah. Love that, definitely. So think before you act. Yeah, and and even at the end of a game, when you think you have the bag, game in the bag, just keep thinking before you act. <laughs> don't don't just get so excited. <laughs> you did great up until that point. Oh, dropping the ball. All right, lesson number six. This is a big one in life. Forget your fear of failure. Yeah, this is a huge one. One you could spend. We could spend a whole episode talking about fear. And, and honestly, so in games, you lose. You die, you get KO'd. What do you do? Shuffle up. Play again. Why don't we do this in life? So often- I can't shuffle my life, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> How do I cut my life? So often in life, we fail or stumble, and that causes us to just stop trying altogether. You know, the diet thing is a great one for this. Yeah. This is, happens to everybody all the time. You know, like you said, in days of yore before the pandemic, you know, gyms and fitness centers- January is their biggest month of the year because everybody makes the resolution. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to lose weight. Then nobody is in the gym by the end of February. Like 80% of the people are, have not followed through to the fifth or sixth week. Yeah. And usually it's caused with good intention. It starts with good intention. People join, they go, they keep it up. They're doing pretty good. The weight's coming down. It's looking good. And then they stumble. They have to stay late at work one night. They yeah, Someone gets sick. Kid gets sick. Uh, dog has to go to the vet. Right. Whatever it is, they stumble that night. And then maybe they go back, but they only went two times this week and not three. And then following week, they stumble again. And then, then, they, then they stumble again. And now they've only gone once. And they kind of go, well, what's the point? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this happens all the time. Totally. And it, not just for the fitness thing. It can be for all kinds of goals in life where you kind of have to, what would we say? Trust the process. Yeah. If that was a game, we would do the opposite of stopping, right? In fact, in games, failure is often the reason that we get better. Yeah, like uh, a really popular game recently, it's called Hades. You are supposed to die. Oh, man. Many that game, times. That game's pretty hard. Because every time you play it again, you get better. But imagine if you died a few times and went, well, no thanks. Well, you're never going to get better. But the game incentivizes you to do that. So I think, yeah, definitely. Why don't we apply this idea to life a little bit more? Because we don't need to be afraid of the failures. Everyone is failing all the time. How many times do you think Elon Musk or Steve Jobs failed before they made their big thing, right? Yeah. In games, we learn from our failure and then use it to succeed. What were we talking about? That time you go to bed at night and right. I should have used my Path to Exile on that other target and I didn't. That's a, a, th a failure, right? I lost that game because I made a mistake. Yeah. But you don't go, I'm never playing Magic again. <laughs> you go, next time I'm going to use my Path to Exile on the combo piece right as he tries to go off. Uh -huh. And so now you've used that failure to later succeed. Totally. And I think that we need to look at life more in those terms. You know, in sports, they have this saying that one of the best traits that a player can have is a short memory. Mm. Because failure 
if you allow it to sort of fester in your head and start worrying about it, then it actually affects how you're playing because you're worried. Oh, you dropped a pass that got thrown to you. Right. You can't think about the fact that you dropped a pass that got thrown to you when the ball's in the air for the next pass. Yep. The only thing you can think about is catch the ball. And so if it's in your head that, oh, I just dropped it. I'm a failure. I'm going to fail. I'm probably not going to catch this pass. Well, guess what's probably going to happen? You're not going to catch it. It's much better to just be like, it's gone. It's already out of your brain. I'm not worried about the failure. I'm just moving on to the next success. Yeah, there's this great clip recently of a running back in the NFL, and I think it was John Harbaugh or someone. He just fumbled the ball, which is the biggest cardinal sin you can do as a running back. Drop the ball. And you've seen sometimes uh, running backs that just have a streak all of a sudden where they're dropping the ball three, four times in the next three, four games. The kid goes over to the sideline and John Harbaugh goes over to him and just basically says, hey, let's. what's up next? Let's focus on this. And doesn't even address the fact, just tells him like, hey, because you know for a fact that person is just reliving it in their mind and, and adding on to it, shaming them, making them more afraid of failure isn't going to do anything. So the coach has a really amazing moment where they just switch gears and just keep the train going because they know that's going to be best for this person to uplift themselves and to forget that fear of dropping the ball or failure or whatever it is. I mean, Jimmy, you're an actor. Mm-hmm. How many auditions have you been on? <laughs> I don't want to talk about this, man. Oh, man. So let's think about it this way. I was an actor for 10 years before I finally booked a movie that was shown in theaters. 10 years. If I stopped because oh, the audition didn't go well or making excuses for myself, I don't want to die. I don't, I just, you know, I'm, I'm sick and tired of not getting things. I would never get to the place I was. And honestly, like when Josh and I first started the podcast too, we didn't know who was going to listen to it. And we weren't looking at our view counts every day to be like, oh, it's not up to what we want. We failed. Let's not do it again. We just kept plowing ahead. I mean, we had a point where I, I'll say that we started out pretty good because we had Rocket Jump and Jimmy mm-hmm. and some other things behind us. But we dipped after like the first like 10 or 12 episodes yeah. for a long time. And I remember we just kept going, even though our numbers were not growing or getting big for a number of months before it did start to click up. We just we had literally that. went from like 10,000 views an episode to 2,000. Yeah. And it stayed at 2,000 for, I don't know, half year to a year almost. Yeah. We, we started doing two episodes a week and we started, and then it started to tick up. We started to get some traction. I think a lot of it was we started to learn how to podcast better. I mean, yeah. let's be honest, like how good were we at it at the start? We'd never done it before. Probably not that good. Uh, and then also just having been around, you can list the reasons why it started to work out. Yeah. But the big thing was Jimmy and I didn't like start out high, go low, and then look at that after a couple of months and be like, we're it's a fa- wash, we're out. Yeah, yeah, we should stop doing this because nobody's, no, we believed what we were doing. We thought it was going to be good and we kept doing it. And I think in life or in games, it's very easy to draw that connection. You lose the game. In fact, one of the things that happens in games, I don't know about you, but if I lose like in a draft, if it's one o'clock in the morning, it's like, I want to draft again, I go again right yeah. now. I want to make a better decision next time. Whereas if I win in the draft and it's one o'clock in the morning, it's very easy to just go to sleep. Yeah, totally. You know, because I was like, oh, I'm satisfied. I'm good. <laughs> but if you lose, you want to prove it. Like, I oh, know I can do better than that and I'm going to do it. But in life, we just don't necessarily have that reaction to failure. And I think, like you said, all these, you know, captains of industry or these, these big people that have accomplished a lot of things in life, you know, one of the things most of them will tell you is that they failed many, many times. Steve Jobs got fired from Apple. Yeah, he literally got fired from the company he built to be the biggest tech company in the world, right? Like, or one of the biggest. That's crazy. Had a couple other companies they started afterwards that were also failures mm-hmm. and, and then came back around and, you know, changed the world. Not that Steve Jobs is who you want to be because he was kind of a jerk, but <laughs> at the same time, like, you can accomplish a lot based on the back of your failure because, you know, Steve yeah. Jobs always said that, like, he learned so many things based on the mistakes that he made yep so 
I think that is a huge, huge, huge lesson that all games teach us. Yeah. I think also humans, we're primarily driven by either a fear of something or a love of something. And when you're afraid and making decisions out of fear, you're also just not going to make a better decision. If you're doing something because you're passionate and you really enjoy it and you really love it, you're going to approach it differently. The results are going to affect you differently. It's almost like two sides of a coin, right? You don't want to be necessarily on the side that's like, oh, I'm afraid. I don't want to do this because I'm afraid of fear stopping you or driving your decisions because at the end of that road it's not going to be something that i think personally enriches you in the same way that coming at it from just a different perspective right you're still approaching the same problem you're just looking at it from a new light yeah i guarantee everybody out there has things in life that they they failed at oh yeah you know and i hope those things aren't stopping you from still trying to accomplish those goals that you set yeah love your failures you know there's no perfect human and there never will be <laughs> so you got to love what you've done that's wrong otherwise it's going to be hard for you to keep you know keep that effort and inspiration going yeah each one of those failures could be a stepping stone to like hey i'm not going to do that again and that's why i'm going to succeed yeah uh harley from epic mealtime the guy that made the crazy foods and all that stuff he made four or five different YouTube channels before Epic Meal Time. Oh, really? Cause, yeah, because he was just like, I'm going to try things. I'm going to throw everything at the wall. If it doesn't work, nah, new channel. I'll try another idea. And then when he made Epic Meal Time and that hit, it's like, okay, let's follow that. So that is the story of how that extremely successful channel got launched. It wasn't from a spark of genius off of one single idea. No, it was multiple failures to learn and grow to the thing that finally worked. Oh, and what a great way to go about it. Not being scared, right? Like I'm going to do this thing and it yeah. may not work and I don't care. I don't care. If it doesn't work, I know that doesn't work. I go to do this thing. Yeah, think about all I just yeah. learned from why that doesn't work and I can extrapolate that data to apply to the next thing. Ah, it didn't work again. Keep doing it, you know? Even hearing that scares me and it shows that I don't have an overcome fear of failure is that like, <laughs> like I don't like to put out anything that I think might fail. Right. But that's not optimal, right? That's not actually the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The last lesson that you can learn from magic and games and apply to your real life that we're going to talk about today, lesson number seven, is, and this is something I think, Jimmy and I, we've already talked about it both doing this in our episode, but I yeah. don't know very many people in this world that actually do this on their own, and is work on your relationships. Ah, ooh, it's so, so scary, Josh. I'm afraid. What if it doesn't work? <laughs> I also think people don't think to work on their relationships. Yeah, you know, totally. Commander is the only multiplayer format. It's the only format where your relationship with your opponents really matters, yeah. right? If you're playing 1v1 and limited or whatever, you can almost not interact on a personal level at all with the mm -hmm. person you're playing. Just only interact with the cards and it's just a game one-on-one. -on -one. But in Commander... It's more difficult to do that. There are deals, negotiations, you got to threat assess. Rivalries, gotta, all that sort of team stuff. Team up, yeah. So it's not always about stuff and things, right? It's not always about losing weight or having more money. It's often totally. about people. And it, if there's one thing we've taught you on this show, hopefully we've taught you, <laughs> um, it's how important table image, communication, politics, negotiations can be to yeah. your success. But how often do you examine your relationships in real life? Like everybody out there, mm -hmm. how often do you say to yourself, you know, this person is a real positive in my life. I need to strengthen that relationship or maybe the opposite. We all have people we're involved with in life who maybe we know aren't good for us or we're not good for them. And how often do we say, you know, this person totally. isn't great to have in my life or in the manner that they are. And I need to, you know, create boundaries or sever that relationship maybe. Yeah, and I think a lot. so much of that stems from the fact that it is, again, a scary thing to do for a lot of people. And I think 
that fear only makes things worse because we allow things. It's like, let's say every night you went to bed and there was a needle poking you in the back. You'd be like, I need to get rid of that needle. Now, think about your life. Is there someone in your life that maybe you're not great friends with, but they've just been around? It could be a family member. It could be someone from your kindergarten and they're kind of a thorn in your side, but you've never taken the effort to be like, should I talk to them? Should I just remove the thorn? Should I create a better boundary so that they're not always this thing? I think it's really easy for us to get so used to a pain that we forget it's there. Yeah. It could be the opposite too. Like there are people in our life that we take for granted for sure. For sure, yeah. I think we all have people like that. And how often do you say to yourself, you know what, that person is really important in my life and they make my life better. And so Mm -hmm. having a strong relationship with them is only going to be good for me. And so I need to take tangible steps, change my behavior to actually make that happen. Um, I have another story, Jimmy. I love it. I'll have one after this too. It's one of my favorite things I like to tell people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's another work related one because those are easy to pull up. So uh, uh, at a job I was at, I used to... um, be friends with a few of the other editors there. This is when I did movie trailers. And we kind of had this morning tradition where we would get to work and then we would go there. Uh, on the back lot, there was a Starbucks. So we would just go to Starbucks, get some coffee and come okay. back. Whole thing took five to seven minutes. Um, and that was just kind of our morning routine. And what I started to notice after doing this for months and months, probably six, seven, nine months, a long time, mm-hmm. was that the other editors... A lot of them were more veteran. They'd been doing this for longer than me. I was probably like six or seven years in. Some of these guys were 20-year veterans of the right. trailer and promo industry. They were just generally kind of grumpy. I call, I called them the grumpy brigade after a while. Yeah. Uh, they're just always kind of sort of... I can com- feel their energy already. Complaining. You know how it is. Ah. Like everything that everybody does is wrong or stupid. Every note they get from every director, actor, producer, right. client, anything are idiots. All the executives are <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, every piece of writing is the worst. Every movie sucks. You know, and I started to notice that, like, just being around that level of toxicity, because there was three of them and one of me, was I was starting to kind of, like, become kind of grumpy about yep. the similar stuff. It just, like... It was like mm. the, yeah, it was, it was like the, you know, the little bit of ooze that gets on you from them. And before you know it, there's a lot on you. Yeah, before you it's know like it. venom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so. Well, it's also like you want them to agree with you too, right? And yeah, they're so friends. You want to be, be one of yeah, them. You're not trying to be contrarian as after a while you start mimicking an epigraph. This is just a natural human thing. Yeah. And so after a while, I just stopped going, I had to stop going to coffee with them. And I don't dislike those guys. I'm still friends with some of them to this day. But at the same time, like. I couldn't be in that specific environment for just five to seven minutes every morning. Totally. Because it was starting to really be negative, have negative effects on the rest of my life. And so mm-hmm. I just was like, yeah, I don't actually need coffee every morning. Or sometimes I would come to work with my own coffee, just walk up. I'd already gotten it. Nice. And I think those guys never really understood because I didn't, I didn't tell them. I didn't be like, hey, you guys are grumpy and I don't want to hang out with you anymore. <laughs> yeah, you I was don't like, have to, by the they'd way. They'd be like, you come to coffee? No, nah, I'm good. Yeah. And then that would be it. And, you know, like I said, we we're still friends. It didn't really change a lot other than like i just kind of felt more upbeat Mm. from then on interesting yeah okay okay so my story it's more of an analogy and i call it your your personal oasis slash garden slash home so in asian tradition one of the things that we always do when we go into someone's house is you take your shoes off you don't want to track mud everywhere now i want people to start thinking about yourself in a as though you are a house and you're a house that has a patio and a garden and, and a fence right think about your friends and think about the ones that when they come into your house, because you invite them in, they're respectful. They take their shoes off. They, they don't trash the place. Uh, they clean up after themselves and then you bid adieu to them. And then think about the friends that, 
don't take their shoes off. Maybe they're tracking mud all over the house. Maybe they insult your paintings. Maybe they're in your garden walking over your plants. And I think the way that to really understand how to work in your relationships is understand what people are doing, what to your personal space in your atmosphere and know that it's, there's nothing wrong with not allowing someone to come into your house. Maybe you keep them outside the fence and you can still have that same conversation and all that stuff without them sort of intruding on you and your personal space and getting into you and digging into your stuff. Um, and that to me is like a really important idea of working on your relationships is that just putting a healthy boundary up saying like, oh, you know what? No guests today. That's not going to change the tenor of your friendship with someone necessarily, but it is going to make it a healthier one because now no longer is it the friend that's like, hey, I'm in, coming in town. I'm going to crash on your couch. And you're like, uh, yeah, sh- sure. You don't want them to crash on your couch, but you've just gotten used to it. They've gotten used to taking over this boundary of yours, right? So you have to set up those boundaries and work on your relationships. And a lot of times it's just what you're personally deciding. Josh didn't need to go tell those grumpy guys that they were grumpy. He's not going to change them, but you can change the way that you handle yourself and the way you let people in. I like the house analogy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, my garden's looking pretty good these days because of the pandemic. So <laughs> no one's coming. <laughs> no in. one's coming in. But digitally, that. people definitely can. Right? That's another That's thing you have point. to keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah. So in uh, conclusion, here, I I think everyone out there would probably agree that people play a huge role in our lives. Right? They yeah. play a huge role in whether we're happy, we're sad, how high our stress level is, our successes and failures then why don't we ever pay conscious attention to those connections? Why don't right. Why don't we put work into our relationships one way or the other? Yeah, you put work into everything else in your life. Relationships seems pretty darn important. Yeah, so I'd encourage you to look around, and especially the people who are like real positives in your life. Yeah. Go and strengthen those connections. Just, you know, it's really easy to do. And Someone out there is leading by example. Yeah. Right, and follow those people. Um, oh, another thing, final thing is, uh, oftentimes we're caught up like over obsessing over someone that's negative towards us oh, yeah. or whatever. I guarantee you, think about the percentages here. What percentage of your energy is dedicated to thinking about them and what percentage of their energy is dedicated to thinking about you? Because I guarantee you're giving them like 90%. They probably don't even think about you. So keep that in mind too if you're like really caught up in someone or something else that is taking your mental power away from you. Well, and make your move too. I think that's what we would learn from games in that situation, right? right. Like you... Even if there's a person and they're just occupying a lot of space in your mind, and that happens to all of us from time to time where certain people, you know, good mm-hmm. or bad, make decide what you analyze your play, set your goal, change your behavior, totally make your move. Because in a game, you couldn't just sit there forever worrying about it, right? Eventually, you got to make a move. And yeah. in life, sometimes we decide to sit there forever, especially with relationship stuff, and just because it's scary to do anything. No, make your move. Decide what you need to do to keep your house in order yeah. and do it. Totally. All right. To the listeners, what's the biggest lesson you've learned from magic or gaming in general? And uh, how did you apply it to your life? Yeah. I want to hear someone out there is like, after playing Commander, I went and presented in front of my company and used these tactics to get this project through. I want to hear that story. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, honestly, there's a whole bunch more lessons. These aren't the only ones. These are just the only ones that will fit into our one hour and a little bit more timeline here. (laughs) So I'm sure we can do another episode like this someday, but I'd love to hear everyone's stories. Uh, Don't forget, Kaldheim, right around the corner. You can pre-order it right now. Go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you use that affiliate link when you order your magic cards, singles, products, anything at all, you are supporting this show, game nights, extra turns, all of our content. You're also getting the cards from the most reputable source. Totally. They're going to ship it to you the fastest. It's going to be in the best condition. Yep. And when you get those cards, protect them because maybe your goal is to get a better card in the future and you might trade that in or you just need it because by the end of the day, when you have your deck and it's all complete, you don't want scuffed up cards. So Ultra Pro, the company that Josh and I have trusted for 
decades now, has been in the business forever. They are the gold standard when it comes to protecting your cards, setting up your play mats, having the official art from Magic as well. And they've got every kind of product you can imagine, from dice to sleeves to amazing deck boxes of all kinds. And if you want to customize your gameplay, keep it safe, do it all with one company, Ultra Pro is the way. And of course, you're supporting the show when you do it as well. All right, now it's time for the end step where we Uh-oh. talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Uh, Jimmy's going to just quickly scroll through his phone here and see if there's anything he can think about. Eh, eh, eh. Okay. You got something? I think, yeah, I think I got something. Okay, I, I think perfect. we both watched it. Okay. Pixar's new movie? Oh, Soul. Soul. Yes. A thousand percent. Okay, well, I'm going to let you take it away by that response. It's great for this episode. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Soul is a new movie from Pixar. You can watch it for free on Disney Plus if you have subscription. uh, The main voice is Jamie Foxx, and I think it's Tina Fey, right? As a a, uh, aspiring jazz musician, sort of middle-aged. Jamie Foxx is. Jamie Foxx is, yeah. And he's granted the opportunity of a lifetime to him uh, to play with a really famous person, and then uh, things start to go awry. And the movie is all about sort of journeying into finding out you know why do we exist what do we bring to the world in terms of our passion and our love and our purpose and how that plays into you know not just a musician but anyone uh whether you're not your uh, magic podcaster or someone that works in a factory or whatever and the movie i think is just it takes a very complex and extremely deep message and packages it into something that to me when i watched it i was just like I think everyone needs to see this movie. <laughs> everyone. It's very, very good. Pixar is amazing at being able to sort of distill their story down to like good, clean, clear messages without yeah. being like super overbearing and also being able to appeal to just like all age groups and everything mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, uh, Pixar and stuff. it's very funny too. Yeah, Pixar stuff, always great, but this I, I like the show a lot. It's, you know, there's a bunch of movies uh, that were going to be in theaters that came out on digital that are available right now without naming any names. I think that's probably the best one. Yeah, I, I would agree so too, for sure. Um, especially if you're an aspiring creative, mm-hmm. if you feel like you don't know what your purpose or your big goals are in life, or you're trying to set some goals. Or you've got fear of failure or you failed a few times. Absolutely, watch this movie. Um, it uh, It's amazing. It's one of, I think, probably one of my favorite Pixar movies just because it ties so well into what we do and what you know we aspire to do in life as well. Soul on Disney Plus. I'm sold on Soul. <laughs> All right. Big thanks to our editing, graphics, and logistics team, which is Craig Blanchett, Manson Lung, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Jake Boss, Josh Murphy, Alfred Estocta, Patrick Nan, Sam Waldo, Arthur Meadowcroft, and Jordan Pridgen. Wow. Whew. It's like I have to take a breath somewhere in the middle now. <laughs> yeah, I used you, to just be able to say it all, but now I'm like, oh, crap, I need to think about my breathing while I Somewhere between Murph and Patrick, you got to take a breath. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, of course, big thanks, as always, to Jeffrey Palmer, who provides the living card animations that start our show, as well as occasionally live behind us here on set. Uh, and you can find him on Twitter at livingcardsmtg. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. And let us know what you think in the comments. We'd love to have a conversation about this. We'll see yeah. you next time. Good luck with all those goals you're setting. Yeah. All right. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.